Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. What up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Break, the Oklahoma City might win the finals edition. I'm your host, J-Mac, with Kyle Beats. Josh is out. Kyle, what's going on, my man? What up, man? Josh is going to be back next week. Can't wait to get his uh, his reaction to that. But No, no, this episode is dedicated to OKC being good. Now, we're never going to talk about it anymore, so he missed his opportunity, I think. Right, but they are going to be in their they are his argument is going to be there in that perpetual cycle of first round bounces again. But oh, I'm I don't not know, man. Chris Paul's got that team playing pretty feisty. I'm excited about it. Chris Paul's never made it out of the first round of the playoffs. That's just a fact. Actually, I think it's the second round, right? Yep. Yes. No, he's no, he's been in second round. That's second it. second round with the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's terrible. I can't believe that team didn't get to Western Conference Finals. That's, that's a, and like he's going to end up being like top 50 of all time, probably somewhere in there. Oh, at least I would say maybe top 40. Yeah, probably something like that. I'd be interested to know where he's going to end up falling because, I mean, he's still playing really well, but he's still kind of doing the same thing, which is not really carrying a team far enough. He just doesn't seem to be that guy. In all fairness, though, he's a lot older now. He doesn't have guys like Blake Griffin and DeAndre in their prime. I mean, to have that team where they're at is really impressive. How did that Clippers team – I mean, I guess they just had the unfortunate of this of going up against Golden State, but, like, how did that team not win at least, at least go to a, a finals? I mean, that's kind of the, always been my knock on Chris Paul. Like yeah, that's, for that's sure. the question, right? But I mean, the fact that he has this team in, in the fifth seed and the Rockets are the sixth seed, and a week ago we were just pretty high on the Rockets, me even higher than you. And now you see you see a few more weeks or a few another week go by, and it's like, yeah, it's they're they're not gonna be a threat in the West. No, but OKC sure seems to be, and they've I mean they're only 10 games off the lead, which, I mean, obviously we're not talking about like a push or anything like that, but I mean, far exceeding expectation, I think is a better, a better way to look at this. Yeah. I mean, you can try to make an argument just looking at it that they're the number three team in the West, right? Like they on a given night are better than the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Rockets, the Mavs. I definitely but, think they're better than the Jazz overall on a consistent basis. But I mean, it doesn't really matter, right? Because of the two LA teams. Right. I guess. God, I would love to see them some, somehow both get bounced. Just the chaos that that would somehow infuse would be so great. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that would, <laughs> and that would really do a lot for Milwaukee, too. I mean, that would... Yeah, I mean, that would guarantee Giannis a ring, pretty much. Yep. And I mean, then, I mean, then does he, does he stay there? I mean, that's best case scenario. I think there's a possibility they do end up matching up in the second round, mm -hmm. which is kind of what I want to see. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll get there. The Nuggets, the Nuggets have slid a little bit. I still feel pretty confident in them as a regular season team. The really the more interesting part in the Western Conference, though, is you know who's going to get that eight seed. Yeah, and there's conceivably five teams that could get it. I think the Pelicans get it. Okay, I really do. Like that team. I mean, Zion alone is just an absolute force. And I mean, you've got. I mean, Alvin Gentry is essentially laughing at the notion that everybody asked about Zion's injuries too much when he just relearned how to walk like a, <laughs> right. a month and a half ago. So, like, I, yep. I I really like what I've seen from him. But, like, for instance, you watched the uh, the game whenever the Pelicans were in town uh, playing the Mavs last week, right? Yes. Uh, Zion yeah, looked one, tired. He looked real yeah, tired. Yeah, he did. And that was part of the reason I think we got the win in overtime is we just had more depth and, and it showed. Certainly. Honestly, though, Maxi Kleber did a hell of a job of guarding Zion. Like he put a body on him. Yeah, that's about as much as you can really do because the guy's unstoppable. Yep. 
So just to break it down, it comes down to Memphis, who currently has the eight seed at 32 and 32. And then four full games behind them, you got Pelicans, Kings, Blazers, Spurs, a couple of games, one game back. So really, if those five teams can make it, I actually, I'm going to go with Sacramento. And I picked Sacramento to get the eight seed or the seven seed, I think. Them and the Mavs, I had at seven and eight at the beginning of the year. So I'm going to stick with that Kings pick. Given how the Mavs started, where they're at right now is not a great situation. The expectation is still about where it was or where we thought it would be, but they're, they got off to a much better start in the first part of the season. Yeah. And they're, they're losing a lot of tight games. I think they are five and 15 or five and 16. That's absurd. That's in really games bad. that are decided by five points or less. That's, that's, that's really bad. That's really bad. Right. And I mean, they're 18 and 15 at home. That's, a big issue as well. But. It is. But, I mean, that's the marks of a young team, right? Correct. And they're going to figure that out. And they're still not built quite quite where they're going to be. But, I mean, I went to the Pacers game last night, and, I mean... They just gave it away. They, they gave it away for sure. But, I mean, Sabonis lived in KP's pockets all night long, which it's interesting because I was actually... I was having that debate with somebody about kind of where you would rank, like, the KP, Sabonis type guys you know like from around that that draft class and i really had to put kp up over most of them and sabonis just just let him have it yeah i mean kp i like more than sabonis overall kate i mean he just had a bad night he was like three for 17 i think from the field sabonis is a good defensive player though and that's what i'm saying on a roll yeah well he just had embodied all night long and you could tell yeah it made a difference and it just happened to come up, but I mean, they're pissing games away like that that they shouldn't, and that's just some of that's poor game planning. Because I thought that those two teams were actually pretty well matched. Is that is that a pretty fair assumption? Yeah, I think I think that's fair. But I mean, at the end of the day, the Mavs are still going to get the seven seed regardless of what happens in regular season games like that. And I've said it all season. I want to see them get the seven and the Clippers get the two, or them the six and the Clippers the three. I want to see the Clippers in the first round just for that experience. Yeah, I don't hate the take. I don't hate I mean, the take. I guess the, the other school of thought is, okay, you get a team like the Nuggets, maybe the Thunder or the Jazz, and a team – I don't think the Mavs would do well against the Jazz. Rudy Gobert tends to really give them a lot of issues. But you get a team like the Nuggets or the Thunder, you can beat them in the first round and get that you know, that bout of confidence moving forward and say, hey, we got to the second round with this young team, exceeded expectations. But I think going against – playoff Kawhi and Paul George and and Pat Bev and Lou Will and those guys is better for Luka and KP at a young age. You know, that way that they can come into next year still 21 and 24 with some really tough games under their belt. And you're also t- able to identify what is our missing piece, like specifically. Right. That's a good point. And I think it's going to be the guy that uh, the Clippers have a lot of, which is that Six six to six eight or nine wing that can guard two three and four really well and still hit an open outside shot. That's what the Mavs are missing. Absolutely, and that's what we talked about them needing at the deadline. But I mean, they're in cap hell in a lot of ways in that sense. So you know, again, yeah. they're exceeding expectation for this year as it is. Certainly, but Luke, I mean, Luke, every time you turn around, I was. We were talking about that Pacers game, like Luca put up a cool thirty-six and ten, you know. So it's not like he's not getting his shots, and that kind of stuff matters in the growth of a young team. Yeah, it does. But I mean, I don't know. We'll 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 see. I still feel really confident that they're gonna stay at the seven seed and just and have a, a good first round. Probably not get out of it. But tell me why you see the Pelicans coming up on, on the Grizzlies, though. I mean, the Grizzlies have a four-game lead. Pelicans 5-5 five and five in their last 10. You really think they're going to catch them? You just, I mean, just... I watched the Grizzlies get blown out of the building on Friday night. I mean, just run out of the gym. And, I mean, they're just young. Like, Jaw's still figuring it out. You know, like, they've got... They've got a, like Valisi Yunus is such a great player, man. Like, I would love to have him in Dallas if I could. Or in Boston, is, actually. Val- Valanciunas, but he's a little... A little undersized. Well, he's a little bit unfitting for today's NBA. Like, he he only fits into certain systems and schemes. I don't know if he would... Yeah, he might fit in with Rick, though. 
Yeah, you you don't need him to be a whole lot, is my point, I guess. I think he's still got like another year on that deal, though, so it doesn't really matter. But regardless, like, you know, I liked what I saw in Ja, but I mean, Luca defended him perfectly, and he I think he had seven points in that game. It wasn't great. And I, obviously, we don't define it by one game, but I mean, they're still a young team, too. And I just think you've got a lot more raw talent in Zion with the Pelicans here. And, I mean, Drew Holiday's playing great, too. Brandon Ingram's having a great year. Lonzo's starting to come into his own, which, oh, that's the other thing we got to talk about. I want to hear your take about LeVar here in a second. But um, <laughs> I want to hear it. We're talking about it. Um, I just I have a I have a little bit more faith in the upside of that team because it was specifically built around his skill set. So I I don't know. I, I just don't know that Memphis is quite there yet. And that's still not a disappointing year by any stretch of the imagination, no matter no, I, what happens for Memphis. I agree. I mean, I think it's gonna be tough to catch Memphis, but I think Sacramento is gonna be the team that that can pull it off. I like the changes Luke Walton's brought to the lineup. Um, he's given he's given De'Aaron Fox just a, a lot more PT, a lot more touches, and he's put Buddy Heald as the sixth man coming off the bench for scoring. And it's I mean it's helped that team. They're still, you know, they're four yeah four games out. I mean they're the same record as the as the Pelicans, so we'll see what happens. But I really like the way that they're playing Bogdanovich being the starting guard. You can tell that's like really changed his confidence. People don't watch a lot of Kings games, but that team has so much talent. They just are like the definition of raw. Something that the Pelicans do a lot, we talk about this, the Kings do as well, is they're playing pickup ball out there. They're not running set offenses. For sure. And that that is the probably one of the biggest differences overall, right? All the other teams that are in the top of the Western Conference are running a system, whether you like it or not, with you know, for Houston, you know, Houston, for example, but they're all running systems of some sort. Man, they're they're really touchy about that, aren't they? Yeah, it's like, ridiculous. I don't understand why. Like, I, if we've got some Rockets fans, I'd like to know why we're cagey about D'Antoni's system because it's, it's one of those things where you can hate it all you want. You can't say it doesn't work. It's not necessarily completely successful, but I mean, it worked well for Steve Nash. No, it works. It just <laughs> yeah. won't win a title. Correct, and that's the difference. Is in a seven game set, somehow it never works out for them. But it just seems like a cagey thing. So please. Just just let us know. I, I'm more curious about it. All right. Before we dive into the next thing, tell me about this whole LeVar situation. Why, you seem disproportionately upset about LeVar. Dude, I just can't stand LeVar. Really? Because I, I know it's an act, and I know Lonzo is okay with it. Yeah. But I feel like it, it does psychologically fuck with him a little bit because dudes on the court are just giving him shit. And he's still a kid. True. He's still 21 or 22. and. Yeah. To, to, why call out the Lakers? Why give that team any more motivation? And it's like, okay, you fucked the Lakers up. I get, I get that, and I get there's a revenge factor, but let him go out and prove that. Don't do that to Zion, like this rookie that's coming in. Don't do that to Drew Holiday, a guy that's just like begging for an opportunity to play in a meaningful game. I mean, come on. I, I yeah, I'm with you. Such an asshole. No, you. What's funny is I'm pissed, and I don't even know the context. Like if he was probed and asked that question or right. if he proactively brought it up but i'm gonna assume the latter because that guy fucking gets on my nerves <laughs> and that's the thing like i think so like i there's nothing that you just said that i disagree with nothing yeah but <laughs> like i just think he's a master troll and he just knows what he's doing and i just he i is. think he's funny in that way because he doesn't give a fuck and like in a weird way i've wondered about this do you think that's his way of trying to make lonzo psychologically tougher that's really like that's that's Meta. actually a great theory, but that's some sick like deep rooted issues. Oh though, no, man. for like, sure. That takes living vicariously through a child to a whole different level. Where he's like, all right, I like this kid's athleticism. I just got to make him as much of a psychopath as I am. But like, so is big baller brand still a thing? Is that is that done? I would assume so. I don't know that it is. I'm pretty sure that it folded. I mean, also not surprising. No, not one one bit. Those shoes were ugly as hell too. So Big Baller Brand is still a thing, but it literally just brings you to one page and it just has their logo. So, there's yeah, that. not not optimistic about that. He so he was definitely banking on the whole L.A. factor. Correct, and that's what it comes down to. 
And okay. then he goes to one of the smallest markets in the NBA and then decides to publicly call out the Lakers while they're on this incredible streak and LeBron's playing out of his mind. It's like, why do that? Why do this Do that to the young team? Now they're going to get slaughtered 4-0 in the first round when they could have just had a fun series. Maybe, but I think that would the 4-0 would have happened almost no matter what. For I don't know. I think the Lakers would run that team out of the gym easily. They had a really close game, like... A week yeah. and a half ago. I don't know. Just something about that atmosphere is a little bit different, right? Like, true. I don't know. We'll get there with the Lakers, but I, I would, I would just venture to say, and it's kind of what I was saying the other day too. Like, I, I mean, what is he gonna say? So I'm a humbus. I'm assuming he was asked something about it, but I don't know. Maybe not. Like you said, he is a crazy enough motherfucker to bring something like that up. It's been so, a while since we heard from him, so it's not totally, totally unexpected. It's just boy, was he in our face though for a while. Ah, uh, it was unbearable. Unbearable. Every time you turned around, it, it's just unnecessary. Kind of like it's unnecessary to fire a coach that has you in the seventh seed when you don't have your two best players on the team. I mean, do we even know what the what the Nets are doing at this point? No, because they were headed on a great trajectory until those two assholes showed up into town. Did and you see the DeAndre Jordan interview? It's just weird. It's man. very strange. Weird vibe. It, it, the whole thing's the whole thing's got a weird vibe to it. None of that, none of that's gonna work, dude. I'm telling you right now. This is the whole, like, this is a worse version of the whole like Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce trade that they made when they first went to Brooklyn. This is just a different version of that, but it's gonna be the same result. The Celtics didn't come out on the ass end of a jackpot this time, unfortunately. Well. Getting rid of Kyrie, that kind of did, I guess. But it, it, the whole thing is just rickety as fuck. It really is. And to go in there and... So, I mean, I, there was a couple of interesting things about this that I thought uh, when I saw this. So, first of all, they they very much mutually agreed to part ways, which I uh, I think Simmons was talking about this, but he, uh, maybe Rosillo was saying something about it too. Like, they were saying that there's that whole thing where it's like you get a new owner because you know Joe uh, Chow, Chow or whatever yeah. his name just bought that that uh that team not long ago, and it sounds like he went down to the locker room and talked to some of the players and got their thoughts and they didn't really you know go to bat for their could be the problem here because I have hurt KD and Kyrie Irving, uh, I mean it's a very odd odd thing to do. Yeah, but owners do it for sure. But then you come back and it's DeAndre Jordan's telling you he was shocked that it happened. So it's like, was it, are all these guys on the same page? I just think no. that that locker room is basically where we thought it was going to be. And I'm not saying it's even Kyrie or Katie's fault. It just seemed like that was going to happen with that team. I think when you introduce the two of them next year, I mean, high ceiling, high as hell ceiling, but really low floor for, for potential fallout with those two type of players. Dude, 100%. And the thing is like, it would have been one thing if they asked Karis Levert that or something, and he was shocked. Yeah. But, like, I thought that KD and Kyrie and, and DeAndre were boys. Like, I thought that was the whole reason they, quote-unquote, yeah. teamed up there in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that they're not boys. I just think that... Well, I just I would think that they'd be on the same page, at least generally. Well, I think the pl other players, so... But what I'm like saying is, eight, like, there's eight new guys on the roster, and apparently it was like the new players on the roster. So I think there's maybe a divide between guys that are on the or were on the roster last year versus that are new to the roster this year. Yeah, now, right. there might be a divide there, which you know, it's it's just I don't know. I, I feel like they gave out these massive contracts, and they were on this, like you said, really good trajectory with a pretty low cost team. Right. Yes. Like, definitely. And they weren't, like, there, but they were getting there. They were building something for the first time in forever. Like, the three highest-paid players on their team, they added last year. They added after last year. Right. And that's crazy. Yes. Like, they didn't get very far, but they... It's exactly what you were just talking about with the Mavs versus, like, the Clippers, where it was a learning experience, and we're moving on to the following season. Right. We right. look into that season, and we've got a lot of upside. That's what it felt, felt like they were headed. And then they brought these two ass clowns in a town and like i mean katie is essentially unheard of and yeah. which is like okay so you tell me like what would you be doing if you were him so obviously rehabbing and doing your thing to get better right like that 
aside from that, what would you be doing with the team? Would you be with the team? Like, what? What? I would be with the team, but I would kind of move in silence. I like the way Katie's approached that. Honestly, has he been on the bench and stuff a whole lot? A little bit, but a not. Little, yeah, I just feel like I'd be there every night. At least he's, just, there, he's there every home night. He's there most nights. Okay, but okay. He's not like I thought. You met like. Is he like super active? Like he's there most nights. I'm yeah, just saying he's yeah. not like super involved. Like LeBron would be super involved, like in the play, in the huddle. He would be doing interviews. He would be demonstrative. And Katie's just not that guy. Do you see him and Kyrie figuring that out? Like who listens to who and in, in what situation there? I don't know. I mean, it's like that relationship also feels like that team where the the ceiling could be really high and they could just be two weirdos that really get along. Or and like kind of sensitive guys that go along, or it could go really bad. Right. And how about Kyrie sitting there talking about how they got to bring in Ty Lue? Did yeah, he like, try to get Ty Lue run out of town in Cleveland? I don't remember remember that exactly, but he bailed from the situation. And I mean, yeah, you could say it was be- mainly because he didn't want to play second fiddle to LeBron, but he still bailed out of that situation pretty damn quick. So well, they had the opportunity to get rid of him, and it made a lot of sense to get a good amount for him while you could. Yeah, and it ultimately probably worked out. I mean, they'll squatter the picks anyway, but you know it's, <laughs> that that is factual. So I mean, that's besides the point. But I just I feel like I remember there being somewhat of a because the whole Ty Lu firing thing really kind of came out of nowhere, and then like it, it seemed like it could be headed that way. Like LeBron didn't exactly seem happy, but they were done with him really quickly. Yeah. So, and then that's when LeBron walked, right? Correct. God, dude, what is it with that team and firing coaches to try to keep LeBron in town? Like that never works for them. You remember who was the uh, coach they hired from overseas that uh, Black? David Blatt, yeah. Blatt, yeah. He was the coach for like 27 games. LeBron was like, get this guy the fuck out of here. Dan Gilbert's like, all right. After he wrote written all those letters to LeBron, like that's a a top-down issue. Yes. Your book of top-down management issues, That's have, there. have Dan Gilbert be, uh, you know, something you guys study there. Oh, yeah. He's top. For, uh, any Cle- uh, Cleveland team is, you know, first and foremost on the list. Yeah, that's crazy. Might not be the worst owner in a city. That's almost impossible. <laughs> that's really crazy. <laughs> it's really crazy. I might not even be the sec- second worst. Jesus Holy Christ. Fuck. So, right. anyway. Uh, do we want to talk about what this weekend – I want to go through some of these power rankings with you real quick, if yeah, you don't mind. Let's and do we'll it. Yeah, let's in, talk about inadvertently it. Inadvertently talk about this weekend. I'm going to start actually down at, uh, I'll go 12. They got, they got Dallas. You know what? I'm going to go 13 because they got Philly at 13 and Dallas at 12. Is it crazy that the Dallas Mavericks are better than the Philadelphia 76ers? It's crazy, but based on what we've seen, it's correct. Right. And Sixers have a lot of injury issues right now, too. But, buddy, that team stinks out loud. That, that team stinks. They're like, bad. I, I still haven't given on, up on them totally in the playoffs. You're 100% out. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm saying there's like a 3% chance they make the Eastern Conference Finals. I think there's a 3% chance they don't get bounced in the first round. Wow. Yeah, dude. They're not good. Like, that team is dysfunctional. It's It just doesn't... We, you, me, and Josh talked about it. It's just not good with Embiid and Simmons on the floor at the same time. It's just not. Yeah, well, they're not going to be on the floor if they can't get healthy. They are I mean, really that's true. Up. But you know uh, what I'm saying, though. Two teams kind of on the, the decline here that dropped several spots this week. Houston at 11 and Denver at 10. Indy at 9. Do you think Indianapolis is better than both those teams? I don't know if I agree with that at all. So give me the exact order one more time. I'm sorry. Pacers are at 9. Yep. Nuggets are at 10. Rockets are at 11. Ooh. I don't know that they're better than Denver. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that. Or I, I don't know if they're better than Houston either. I mean, we're we're so I'm so quick to react. I mean, I was so high on Houston last week. I just I and that's exactly why I. I mean, and not to say that I would. I think it's probably best said that Houston's just cooled off a little bit from the hype right, right out of the deadline and where they were headed. So like, or uh, oh, the All Star break. I mean, I, I just I, it's not to discount it or anything like that. I just, I kind of had a feeling they'd come back down to earth. It's kind of how I feel about the Lakers right now. They'll okay. come back down to earth a little bit. They're bound to. We'll get to that. Yeah. I'll give you six, seven, eight. You got Utah at six, Thunder at seven, Celtics at eight. I think it's crazy to say 
the Thunder better than Boston Celtics. Uh, that's insane. That's insane. That's, and, they're playing flavor of the week here. I mean, that's kind of what they they do with these ratings. That's how these things go. Yeah, th- that's true. Yeah, and I, you know how I feel about that. Yeah, Raptors mm-hmm. four, Heat five. I don't totally hate that. I kind of like Raptors at four. I think they're. I think they're there. I think, I think the them Celt- in Boston. I think the Celtics would, five. I think the Celtics would beat the Heat for sure. Yep. In a seven game series. I agree. Yeah. And that obviously leaves Lakers one, Bucks two, clip clips three. And I mean, that those are you can say that's a toss up. I think that's the right order right now. Based on what we've seen this season, that's the right order. Up until now, like we still got five weeks to go. The Giannis injury is interesting. It's interesting, I mean, but it's, it's precautionary. A couple of games. Yeah. yeah, it's not not a huge deal, but a couple of games they'll be able to handle without him, I think. Maybe maybe something to just think about or pay attention to a little bit. I think but Lakers one is definitely right. The I think the Lakers, first of all, their weekend was incredible. LeBron reminded us that he might still be the best player in the world on any given night. He certainly can be correct. Um, as as a couple of guys can, but I thought the Milwaukee win was more impressive. I think they needed the Clippers win more, but as far as just being impressed, they didn't shoot well, particularly in either game, especially from three, but. In the in the Milwaukee game, it was just evident that like LeBron and AD was too much for just Giannis to handle because he just doesn't have that other superstar yes. guy to guy on his team. Like well, Middleton yeah. made a couple of nice plays, but it just wasn't enough. No. And the Lakers, the last like three weeks, I think they're eleven and one in their last twelve games or twelve and one in their last thirteen. They've been getting just outrageous play from one guy of their like next five in their rotation. Every game, whether it's Avery Bradley, you know, whether it's Kuzma, I'm talking on the offensive end, you know, correct, yeah, CP, they're getting somebody to go off. But the way that they play defense on on Giannis was pretty impressive. And I, you know, I've been tooting LeBron's horn all weekend, which, you know, rightfully so. I, I yeah, but I maybe d- do a little too much. But the way he went at Giannis in particular, like he hasn't taken on the assignments and the challenges that he has or that he did this weekend, he hasn't done that in the past couple of years. Like the last two or three years at Cleveland, he hasn't taken on the best offensive player on the defensive end. Like he guarded Giannis one-on-one, he guarded Kawhi one-on-one, and he went at those guys when he guard, when they guarded him. Yeah. And that's just not something you've seen out of him the last few years. And I think he's, he's starting to kind of really come into that, into that mode. And it feels like, they're gaining some some momentum, but I'm trying not to read into it too much, and that's the hard part. And the, the media certainly is, obviously, because that's yeah. what they want. Well, we talked about that though. Like basketball's better when the Lakers are better. They yeah. are. It is. It, it's just those games were really fun. If you watch, yes, them. absolutely. Really I watched fun. every minute of them. Absolutely, but it, it, it's always better when the Lakers are better, and that makes sense. Like for the league, so of course they're going to hype that up, and I think that's big. But like, I, I just. There's nothing okay, so first of all, caveat to this. There's nothing that I would love to be more wrong than this take, but the Lakers are really fucking good. And right. that's just a fact. Like there's no no denying that, right? And that like that almost generalizes it a lot. Like just to say they're good doesn't like even really do justice the historic run they're having. Like it's it's incredible. Like they're not gonna necessarily smash any records, but like look at who's on this team. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like their third best player. Like, tell me who that is, because it's hard to say. It's really like it. It really is, and it, and kind of what you said. It's it's dependent on the given night, and that's almost the brilliance of it. And I think though, there's this. So whenever we talked at the beginning of the season, right? We mm-hmm. said it will be very interesting as long as the wheels don't come off. Well, the wheels haven't come off, which is absolutely unbelievable and like they haven't in any way shape or form and so like it's unbelievable that that hasn't happened but like it's not that we counted out this roster by any means or you know like look down on it by any means but it's more that they just like they stayed healthy and we didn't know that that was going to be the case given some of the age and quality of these guys from previous teams it's going to be weird to see how it plays out because what i've really settled on is they have like six guys that are like the fifth best player on a finals team. Right. And so it's like weird how that's going to play out. So my other thought about this too is 
for this the one of the things I've noticed, aside from the fact that LeBron's playing next to someone as good as Anthony Davis, is that he's allowing Frank Vogel to run the show and run what they're trying to do. And he's yeah. not he's not just putting everything on his back. And it's freeing him up. It's freeing him up to play and to really, really take it to that next level. And I don't think he's allowed himself to be coached in a long time. Not since Spolster days. Right. And, and that's yeah. fine. I mean, it, it's worked out for him. It's crazy that Frank Vogel has been the one that's been able to like tap into that. Cause that would, it would seem like Ty Lue would be more likely to right? like a guy, his age, yeah. a guy he played with a guy he wanted hired versus just the guy he went against like, in the Eastern Conference Finals seven years ago, and it's just some random older white dude, right? But, like, he's been able to, like, communicate well and really yeah. know when to coach and when to let LeBron run the team. And, you know, I'm looking at it right now. 67 wins is the most in Laker history. The The Showtime Lakers did it in the 80s, and the 99-2000 Lakers did it. And yeah, I remember that. Year. It's conceivable they could do that. They would have to go 18-2, and two, so probably not. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have one of the better re- Laker records of all time. Yeah, for sure, which is awesome. And yeah. good for them. And it's in a really good league. Like the league has a lot more talent than it did in 99, 2000. Um, but Easily. although the, the, I feel like the narrative coming out of this weekend is LeBron is the number two in the MVP candidate and can he catch, catch Giannis if he continues this fantastic streak and looks like peak LeBron and, and Giannis is maybe a little banged up. But what is going overshadowed is Anthony Davis is probably the fourth best player in the NBA, at, like at worst. Like that guy is so fucking good. And the difference in these two games, which the Lakers haven't had during the regular season, because when LeBron's on the court, I think they're the number two offense. When he's off, he's like they're like 16 or 17. When LeBron was off the court this weekend, AD was able to just take over and get buckets and make plays and make tough shots with hands in his face. And yeah, I mean, guys like Avery Bradley went went off, you know, last night, but I think this weekend was a lot about Anthony Davis too, and that's not getting any talk. That's not getting talked about at all. None, none whatsoever. And LeBron's playing on another level, like you were saying this morning. But like, I just, I, I think they're bound to cool off just a tad. I'm not saying that they're going to like go on a ten game losing streak or anything like that. Like we're, they're going to cool off a little bit though. Like they're going to, and they need that to. Could be by design. Absolutely, right. and that's what I'm saying. They they need to. They need to take their time because like. We talked about how if the wheels do fall off this wagon, it'll be fast, and you don't want that to be in the middle of a playoff series. Right. So where are you at with the Clippers? So I, the Lakers really needed that win on Sunday so they weren't you know, down 0-3 in the regular season series. When are they playing that last game that was postponed that they're – it's got to be close to the end of the season. Yeah, right? I think it's one of the last games of the season. Okay. Uh, that's a good point because, oh, yeah, it was postponed. But um, – regardless of what happens in that game, I don't think it necessarily matters. I just think if you go 0-4, that's just the narrative right there. But It's more annoying than anything else for them. Right. Absolutely. But that game didn't make me lose any any faith in our Clippers pick, I'll say, because I know Josh has Lakers bucks, which is looking pretty pretty salty right now. But I still feel really good about this Clippers team. Paul George played fantastic yesterday. He did. And Kawhi really played pretty good, too. He was able to get bu- some buckets on LeBron. He gave up some buckets as well. But overall, he, I mean, he still did his thing. It was they didn't have that guy really step up. Like, M- Montrez got to the line. But when it push came to shove in the fourth quarter, dudes took bad shots that weren't named Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And that, yeah. that was really the issue. You can't do that. Like, you got to yep. get the – like, that's why the Lakers have been so successful is that it's – get the ball to LeBron or get it to Anthony Davis and they'll take care of the rest. Let's not try to do too much, but let's also try to make up for whenever those guys are having an off night. Yep. You know, and that, that matters like those does. It's like we talk about with Marcus smart all the time, like a player like him weirdly matters. They, they shouldn't, but they do. No, those are the old, like those guys, those are the Draymond greens that, that make you win championships. But Dude, I can't. Patrick Beverly is one of those guys, but that guy gets on my fucking nerves. You hate that. The, the no challenge, the no challenge thing drove me nuts. <laughs> Dude had only because he had two points. Like that, I don't know if that makes it more funny or more annoying, but it's it's insane. Well, okay. So first of all, once again, trolling. I'm sure in context. As well. Yeah, for sure. But he, I mean, he's not like a 
a bucket getter, though. He's more of a defensive guy. Yeah, but he had like f- f- no no steals, four rebounds, a couple assists. Like he didn't he didn't play over particularly great defense in that game either. Yeah. No, no, for sure. No, I'm I'm with you, but he's just also not really. I mean, I, I guess a, I don't take it's a too brilliant serious. answer. Like if he's on my if he's on my team, I like it. But right. fuck and, that guy. Still, and that's right? what it that's is. That's like how I feel. Yeah, well, I'm, I love Pat Bev, so I'm, I'm not... Uh, but, you know, I also love Matt Barnes, so there's a, a weird, you know, kind of tie-in there. Um, I feel like Matt Barnes is a better player than Pat Bev, but that's yeah, a Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm talking about type of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, oh, no, 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 100%, but I'm saying it's more justified because of his play. Right, for sure. So, I, I man, I still i am sticking with that pick because I think it's brilliant, the load management that's gone on with Paul George, aside from the fact that he... You know, probably doesn't have much of shoulders or legs left at this point. <laughs> I, I mean, they're resting him like ninety percent of the season, and they're, yeah. <laughs> and he's going to come out and look terrific in the playoffs when they need him, which will not be as often as it may seem. Yeah, I mean, it's really just going to come down to can the Lakers dynamic duo really take over because the that two through eight or two through seven, excuse me, three through seven spot on their roster is nowhere near the Clippers, right? And, like, you look at it, too, like, say that the Clippers have to play the Mavs in the first round. They could sit Paul George for the full first round and beat the Mavs, no problem. Correct. Run him right out of the gym. Uh, I think they'd win. A, Mavs would win a couple of games, no PG. They would win one, maybe. Okay. They're just not <laughs> They're not there maybe, yet. Maybe I'm being a little a little optimistic. I'm just saying, maybe without Paul George, yeah. I, I Maybe give him a little more credit than that. But all I'm saying is, like, that would be a no no problem situation for the Clippers so they may not even need him until the second round if they need him at all in the second round they would need him in the second round for sure but still no that yeah they would 100% need yeah him in the they would round. yeah but he's got plenty of rest coming into it and we've seen rest seems to make players good like Kawhi whenever he got to Toronto remember that yeah he was we'll, good we'll see <laughs> we'll see I, I I'm a little apprehensive about Paul George but there are there's been Why? ten games this season where it's like Paul George of last year where he's an MVP candidate. So we may we may get that. You and Josh really are down on Paul George for some reason. And I'm a Paul George guy. I know you are. That's why I'm surprised. I don't think he's healthy. I don't know. We'll see. It's hard to say. It's I really think they're doing this on purpose, though. Okay. It'll be evident in the playoff. I have no way of knowing that in any way, shape, or form. It's just a feeling I get. But we'll, we will know in the playoffs, and that was what matters most. Well, I seems pretty confident. They, neither I mean, team looks – neither Milwaukee or Clippers look shook losing that game. Um, I, I just the, – the going back to the Milwaukee thing real quick, it's just – that's why I'm not there with the Bucks yet is like yeah. that that game. Like Giannis oddly needs more help, even though he's surrounded by great shooters. It's like he doesn't have another couple of guys around him that are good enough. Sure. I just um... – I try not to take too much away from one specific game, but I do like I look at like we were just talking about the Lakers Clippers game this past weekend. Like it was a needed win for the Lakers just for the narrative alone. Right. Like that matters. And I try to look at it at least in that context of a broader lens of at least a series. Even I think more Milwaukee so really wanted to win that game. I think they did, too. And they they probably really needed to win that game. To be honest, Agreed. With you. It, it would have been a st- it would have been a statement win, but instead you come out with Giannis getting a little banged up. You know, I mean they're I still know, winning I, a historic amount of games. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the it's hard to criticize that team, but it's like they're just going to steamroll the, in the Eastern Conference and then I think run into a brick wall. But I mean, is, so is Giannis still your MVP after this weekend? Yes, I think so because he's been the most he's still been consistent. Like LeBron's definitely closing that gap. Definitely close. If that the Lakers finish with the same record or better, does LeBron get it? Yes, I think so. Yes, because it's two reasons. One, the league we know how this works, and we just talked about this. The Lakers being good matters in this league. That makes the Lakers look better. It's a better narrative, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right, and right. and obviously LeBron. That's and I think it's a makeup call for LeBron not getting three or four other ones in his career too. Yeah, well. I guess the same could be made about Kobe, but we won't go into that um, too too early, maybe. Yeah, better arguments for LeBron, for sure. <laughs> for Sorry, sure. I know it's a little harsh, but it's just right. <laughs> no, uh, it's absolutely correct. You know, no, but so, it, if um, Giannis didn't get the MVP, think about how, how insane the statement is. He would have the highest PER of all time, potentially, which he is pacing for, Yeah, and win Defensive Player of the Year. 
Yeah, I know. And then not, and then not, and and not then, win an MVP. And what if he's on the team with the most wins or tied for the most wins and he's right. not the MVP? But don't you think the league likes likes the Lakers story with Kobe and everything else versus yes, I think they don't like back-to-back MVPs. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's a great storyline too, but Lakers and Kobe are better. That's That's a fact. We'll see. I mean, LeBron is leading the league in assists, so it wouldn't be absolutely insane. It like I don't mean that to take away from LeBron in any way, shape, or form. Like I think that's really like important with the way that I talk about like the Lakers and what they're doing is that I don't take away from what he's doing because it's historically incredible. The fact that he's outplaying with the amount of minutes he's put on his body is an unbelievable thing, and I just I don't. I can't understate that enough and how unsurprised I would be to see a, a Lakers ring this year. Yeah, I'm but. starting to feel like, you know, that that's not going to surprise me. It's definitely it's definitely going to be one of those three teams. I think we all know that. We're going to be right about this Clippers thing, man. Don't worry about it. I I, I really still feel fine about that. Like, I, I really think it's going to be one of those two teams. Like, I'm giving the Bucks the nod because of how impressed they've been and because of Giannis, but I really don't. I would say they have like a 5% chance of winning. Well, At most. just because of the sheer superstar level. I mean, we saw this happen to Giannis before. Yeah. Where he just can't handle the whole load on his back like LeBron can. That's just how it goes. Few can, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's like two. <laughs> LeBron <laughs> and MJ, and that's about it. <laughs> right, right. They could literally win a series by themselves. Like, that's something that's unheard of. Yeah, you might you might be able to throw Kareem. In. Uh, I don't know. Well, that was a different time. But we, look, yeah, he, we'll suck it. He really didn't have. He had a lot of help both in both locations. Uh, yeah, I digress. Anyway. But honestly, dude, the fact that Giannis is doing this in thirty minute, you know, thirty minutes per game is absolutely absurd. That's, you know, he's playing less than any superstar by probably four to four or five minutes. I mean, yeah. Because, just, I mean, they're just play, playing him out of the gym and then he's sitting down. Yeah. It's impressive. It really is. I, I That's a good point. I don't know. I, I still think the nod would go to LeBron in that case, but I still, I mean, Giannis with the PER thing is just unbelievable. It really is. And just watching him play, he's an assassin. He really is. Yeah. Absolute but did he, did he look a little... He didn't look shook against the Lakers. That would be the wrong word. Like he didn't look scared. He looked frustrated though, certainly. Yeah. We're definitely getting there with the whole Bucks thing. I mean, so when is he a free agent again? Is it it's not this year, but next, right? Correct. I mean, what do they have to they have to win a ring for him to stay, right? I mean, I think he leaves either way. Do you? I do. So they win a ring, you think he leaves? Yes. Wow. Because I think he would feel like he did way too much work for that, and he's going to go get more. Because I think he wants a lot of rings. Yeah, I don't know that I see him as a ring chaser, though. I don't know. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to write a script where he ends up in Dallas. Oh, I would love that. Don't get me wrong, but I'm sure he'll end up in Brooklyn or something because they're friends. You know. Oh, I would hate that. God, that'd be terrible. <laughs> I would hate every second of that as a Celtics fan. God. No. So I. I don't think that I, – I think that he might stay put if they win a ring. But if they don't, he's out of there. I mean, that's not a crazy – that's not a crazy take. I just think that – I don't know. Living in Milwaukee versus some of these other cities in the NBA, and Giannis is probably one of the guys that matters least to. But I think it matters enough because it's also just not attracting good enough players. Yeah. No, for sure. And that's – and they've been better than they've ever been in the last three years. And even then, they're still having a hard time kind of attracting big-name talent. Yeah, because didn't they draft Middleton? So, like, Bledsoe's the big name they've attracted? Yeah, which Brooke is crazy. Lopez? Yeah, and, Br- and the Lopez is is. Both of them. Yeah. Like, I'm good on that. I mean, they... That's crazy. We'll see. We'll see. if they Now, they'll probably have to go to the luxury tax, though, this year if they want to sign anybody that's, you know, remotely good. But, and I don't know if they're going to do that. I mean, the thing is, like, you've got to look at this. Like, I, I give the nod to the Mavericks in the way that they treated the Luka thing because they realized 
we've got something really special here. We have to capitalize on this as soon as possible, even if it means trading away some of the future and bringing someone like Kristaps in. And they absolutely won that trade. But, I mean, it's not even close. Dennis Smith Jr. is almost out of the league already. How is that possible? That was my guy, man. How is that possible? He went to the Knicks to die. That's how it's yeah. possible. They say no one can flourish on that team. No it's one. Impossible. It's crazy. That we were talking about that the whole thing the other day. Like I really do think that if you as an owner miss the playoffs for 10 straight years, you should be forced to sell your team. Yeah, I just don't know how you would impose that. I I still like your relegation. So the relegation, relegation idea is good, but there's not a, the G League isn't quite big enough yet. Is the problem? Yeah, We're getting or, there though, or good enough, really? You you could. I mean, stack yeah. It I mean, if you're talking about replacing the Cavs, like, yeah, yeah, no biggie. You could stack it the right way. I'm not worried about losing Cavs games. You'd have to have deeper benches and stuff like that. But I just think that though, like, it's you can make the playoffs with a a below 500 record. The mag the Magic are five games under 500, six games under 500 right now, and in the eight seed. So like, you can make the playoffs. In a 10-year span, and you make it once, get bounced four game, you know, uh, you get swept in the first round, right? Like, that resets your clock. That's all it is. Right. And it keeps things moving because people like James Dolan have no motivation for it to be better. Correct. It doesn't matter. People pay ticket prices and stuff to go for some reason that I don't understand. And now they're out pissing off Spike Lee. What do you think about that? I mean... And did he come on first take? Yeah. I, I still haven't watched that. I really need to watch that. Him and Stephen A is a, you is a treat. No. No. Not, not missing much. No, you know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean, I, I don't I just think it's a joke, man. I mean, the Knicks are the most squandered sports opportunity on the planet. Yeah. Probably so. With the Cowboys at a at a <laughs> comfortable second. That's tough. Fuck. No, but no, for sure though. Like it's it's far worse because at least Jerry's successful in promoting a brand and Yeah, maybe it's not squandered because Dallas wasn't nearly they're still America's team to a degree, but they weren't as financially successful as they are now Correct. before he got them. Correct. And and James Dolan has done none of that. To grow this team to make Madison Square Garden makes him money, not the Knicks. Yeah, the fact that it's sitting in the middle of Lower Manhattan definitely helps. You yeah. know, like it's it's crazy. It really is. And I just I think though that if you're ever gonna get your product better, and I don't understand why the league doesn't see this as an issue, because it should be. Like, I mean, the only thing I can say is that whenever you talk about like any of these sports leagues, you have to remember that the commissioner and everybody works for the owners, not the other way around. Correct. And if the owners don't care, then why should Adam Silver really care? He can do what he can do. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like Silver and James don't have a, a strong relationship for by sure. any means, right? Like, For sure. He clearly shows a lot more allegiance with other owners that he's more, you know, aligned with in his thinking. But, like, look at what the league did whenever Hinky left in, in uh, Philly and they right. installed Colangelo. And they can do things to, like, help teams right. get on their feet and not, right. like, have a team full of power forwards. Like, I don't understand how. Or like, you can block trades for, from Chris, sending Chris Paul. They, they can do that. <laughs> Let's not get into that because that'll bag on Kobe again. I don't want to do oh, that. Oh, God. Um, I just, I don't understand how that works, though. I really don't. And I don't. I, I just think that if you're an owner, you would say this is better for our product. Everybody should be on the sure. same page. But they it's just an investment for these guys. They don't give a shit. So that's true. Last topic I want to talk to you about real quick. Do you see the NBA playing games with nobody in the stadium? Dude. Kinda, <laughs> yeah. I do too. It's kinda headed that way, right? It's gonna be fucking wild. I think that'd be terrible. I'm going to watch it on NBA. It just Hell yeah, I am. Full, full volume, and it's just going to be like a middle school B team game. They're going to be mic'd like, up, basically. It's like a volleyball game. Yeah, it's going to be mic'd <laughs> up. You're going to, it's basically just going to be edited the entire time, or else you're going to hear what NBA's, NBA players, players sound say. like when they're hooping, which is not, not good. As friendly as, as Adam Silver and ABC want it to be. Yeah, not family friendly, I would say. If you're planning on buying courtside seats for any reason, occasion, don't take anyone under like the age of 10. 
It's not Correct. appropriate. It's definitely not appropriate. You think players boycott if they do not have fans? I can well, see LeBron taking some rest days. I could say that too because I mean they've already banned. I don't know if you saw just a, a few hours ago the NBA, the NHL, and MLB all banded together and banned like media from the clubhouse, like non-essential staff from the clubhouse or uh, clubhouse, the locker rooms and all that clubhouse too. I guess in baseball, um, just to make sure that they're not bringing stuff in, which. Is that really doing anything, or is it just keeping people like as many people away from each other as possible? Is that what they're trying to do there? I think it's that, and just kind of appeasing the, you know, the panic crowd a little bit. Yeah, for I sure. mean, I think you should be safe, but I think you should be washing your hands normally, anyways. Correct. I'll tell you this though. So I'm glad you brought this up. So I was at the Mavericks game, like I said, for the Pacers, watching the Pacers in town last night, and I was walking up to wash my hands right you know because everybody's washing their hands and everything right now which i have been doing religiously yep um i you know i keep a giant thing of hand sanitizer right next to my desk like i just i don't like germs in general like this has this doesn't change anything for me oh i'm as ocd as you are no worries yeah i know and so um i was but i was standing there and i was taking a leak and so i was walking up to wash my hands and i was sitting there watching all these people washing their hands which is great Except I really started weighing my options of like, well, like, yeah, you're putting your your hands under the sink or whatever, but like how many hands are accidentally touching and right. it's a lot of people in one area. And I was like, I'm all set. I'm not, I, I don't know. That seems more dangerous than going Just up going there and washing the, my hands. The yeah. trusty hand sanitizer. Exactly. I went right back to the hand sanitizer. I was like, I, I think that's too many people. I don't care if hand sanitizer doesn't work or not. I think it's a good call. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting though. It's funny that the NFL wasn't involved in that. Roger Goodell's like, no, we're gonna make our own our own decisions here. Well, they're not in season right now, so it doesn't yeah, really matter. I guess that's true. But I mean, you got the the draft coming up around the corner. True, very true. JB's getting excited for that. But um, oh, dude, he is he's locked himself in a basement. <laughs> he told me that he's he's definitely been doing his homework. But yeah, we've got the the big the uh, tournament coming up, which will be exciting. We'll, we'll we may do a little bit of tournament talk, maybe a little bit of. I don't know. We'll, we 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 don't do any college hoops talk. I think it's fair that we do some March Madness talk. I think so give, too. We'll give out some. We'll give out some bold picks and maybe give out like our final four. And yeah, you know, I I've been. I'm just gonna say I've been high on Kansas all year. I picked them to win it at the beginning of the year. Might have a ticket out there. Might not. I'm just gonna say that I haven't watched a single college basketball game this season. Kansas is pretty good, okay. but as we learn every year, some random team might get hot. Yeah, or Zion blows through a shoe and, you know. It's like whichever team has two guys that might be able to play on an NBA roster will win. Definitely. So, (laughs) yeah, I think that's pretty much how it usually goes. So exciting. And they typically play for Krzyzewski. So, I mean, you know, that's just kind of how it ends up. Yep. So, but yeah, we'll get into that later on. So that'll be good. And then, I mean, we've got, I mean, we were talking about earlier, we've got, what, five weeks to the playoff start. Yeah. I mean, we've got teams locked in already. Like, we're, we're moving pretty fast towards it, man. I'm excited about just what the playoffs are going to bring and everything this year. They're going to be exciting for the first time in a while, I feel like. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I know it sounds crazy, but if you're an NBA fan, that race in the eighth seat, for the eighth seed in the West is fun. Yeah. I mean, I think Memphis, once they get Jared Jackson Jr. and Winslow back, as well as, obviously, the Pelicans, and, and the Kings have a lot of young, exciting players, I think those are fun teams. And let me tell you, man, I've thought a lot about this already, too. I'm really looking forward to Golden State being back in the fold next year. And they're going to be, they should absolutely be a, a finals contender next year. They have some trickery up their sleeve that we haven't seen yet, just based on Good crazy. chance they move Wiggins, but even oh, if yeah. they don't, it's like worst case scenario, that roster next year is good. Well, worst case scenario, like, well, I mean, yes, 100%. And they also they have the rest of this season to figure out how he's going to work. And now that right. Steph's back, they can figure it out even more. Dude, yeah. Then, Anytime Draymond Green's your fourth player, you go to the finals. We've seen this. Absolutely. And dude, I'll tell you one thing. I have missed clay this year. Abs- absolutely. All time. He's, I mean, he's basically an NBA fan favorite, but definitely a favorite of the show. Absolutely. And like, I mean, even just him sitting on the bench, I miss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I know he's been Those out there. Moments are great. Uh, oh man, yeah, and just the ones where he just looks stoned as fuck sitting there, you know, on the on the 
actual bench and stuff. It's like, what is happening here? Yeah, I he just needs, love it. <laughs> Josh Gordon, he needs to build Josh Gordon for consulting fees. He really does. Well, I guess he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. That's a good point. Yeah, it's a very good point. But um, I think that's going to be great, man. And people don't see that coming yet. You heard it first here. You probably didn't hear it first here. Probably heard it somewhere else. But I'm telling you guys now, it's going to be fucking great to watch Dude, them. If you had that Lakers. team in the mix with that Clippers and Lakers team, yes, that's, that's incredible. That's electric. We're going to have to move to the West Coast. And Bucks fans are going to be pissed because I'm going to still say the Bucks <laughs> are the fourth best team in the fucking league, and Josh is going to lose his mind. Or tell me advanced metrics, and then just eat shit in the just playoffs, get murdered, and then Giannis is going to walk and go to the Dallas, and it's just going to be a four-team arms race in the West. It's going to be great. Can't wait till he's back, dude. I know Josh will be back next week, right? Yep. Okay, good. Can't wait. He's been gone for like three weeks, and I think I think people are probably tired of hearing from us. So I think <laughs> getting Josh back in the mix will be good. Right, well, we just need some of his bullshit takes. Oh, no, we love Josh's <laughs> takes. I know. I'm just going to make sure he's listening. I'm going to see if he ca caught that, com comes back firing at me. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he will. That, that makes him. Bury that in the end there for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was going to tell you, uh, we've got like two or three minutes left, so I may as well tell you. And I know you, you've you been on this already. You haven't listened to it yet, but I listened to that Sonic Boom podcast the other day, the history of this, of this, uh, the Sonics moving from Seattle to OKC. And how they just basically got stripped of the team. Yeah, and like there's a documentary out there about it called Sonics Gate that's incredible. It's like made by one of the main guys that kind of has led the charge in trying to get a team back there. But it's incredible how that team was just stolen from, from the city. It's a wild listen. I mean, we've talked about how they're definitely one of the top one or two locations for a team to move to, but it's there is at least five teams that I could think of right now that could probably do better in Seattle than they're currently doing. I agree with you, but I don't, the league doesn't seem too hot on trying to get back there. Like, do you think that the Charlotte, that Charlotte could do better in Seattle? Yes, but good luck getting a, a team away from Michael Jordan. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a good point. And he's not going to do that. He's so. not going to Seattle. Honestly, yeah. their best shot would have been and the timing just didn't work out right was to get Balmer to buy a team and move it there. Like the Kings or true whatever. with the Microsoft ties. Yeah. That, but yeah, he was just, he was still CEO at that point and they were trying to get him to buy the Sonics and he just wasn't quite ready yet. And man, it involves Howard Schultz, the coffee guy, like who's a real piece of shit. And like, it's a wild listen. So I definitely recommend it out there for everybody. If you got some time, I mean, what about like Sacramento though? So they just uh, they just built a new arena like maybe three years ago. Okay. So well, and that was remember because they were going to move there, and then Kevin Johnson stepped in and at the last second kept them from moving. So there's not really a team. It would just come down to expansion. It w it really would, and I I just don't know. Owners aren't there. trying to split that that check any anymore. They're already splitting it thirty ways. They're not trying to split it thirty two ways. They're not going to do that until they renegotiate the TV contracts mid mid decade here. Which is still another couple of years away. So, but I think I know Seattle's been so they got a hockey team, so they're going to be building an arena of some kind. And I know that that would be the ideal situation is to split it with a hockey team. That's always the best scenario for a NBA team. Yep. Um, there's a lot of that going on, man. Even the Clippers bought up the old forum. Did you see that the other day? I don't think it's a terrible move. No, I like it. I mean, I like Staples. You gotta get you gotta get away from Staples at some point, right? You have to. You've got to separate yourself from the Lakers, like that. that Better or worse, be it might it might hurt you, it might help you, but you gotta just take that shot. Oh, it'll definitely help you. It'll definitely help you. You'll have more control over your your scheduling and getting prime time games. Right. Exactly. So, but I mean, you're not you're not going to. I don't know. You're not going to win L.A., but you might be able to win California fans. Correct. You're never going to completely take over L.A., but to get a more sizable you know, market share. I mean, look at like the Yankees and the Mets, for example. The Mets will always be that redheaded stepchild, but there's people that are diehard Mets fans. because They're still like the Yankees sixth fans. biggest fan base just because New York's huge. Right, exactly. So, I mean, you can have that kind of situation going on. The problem with L.A. Sure. is that every like nobody's from L.A., really. So everybody's already got an allegiance from like that's just the California problem in general. Yes, that's a good point. All right. Well, check it out if, if you get a chance. It's, it's freaking awesome. It's called Sonic Boom. Really good. Um, all right, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Josh will be back next week. We'll be back. More takes and all that. 
Uh, five weeks till the playoffs, man. I can't wait. Can't wait. All right, let's get out of here. Later.